We'd like to warn our listeners that this episode deals with topics of abuse, addiction, and death. Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode one, an hour north of New Orleans. Hello, everyone. Hello. This is our very first podcast, clearly, if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, we have wanted to do this for quite some time, like a year. Yeah. So please bear with us because we have um, no idea really, what we're doing. Really dumb. Yeah. And, okay, so <laughs> sorry if there's audio issues or whatnot because we are broke and we currently have one microphone. So... That's what we're dealing with here. But this is important to us, and we want to get this story out. And we want to spread wanna, the word of Godney. We want to spread the word of Godney. To the world. Yeah. Exa- to the world. Okay. That's ambitious. This is the first episode, and I guess we should maybe talk about why we're doing this in the first place. People are really interested in Brittany's story right now mm-hmm. uh, due to everything kind of blowing up. She was obviously one of the biggest pop stars ever, about 20 years ago, and obviously she's an icon. She's an icon. And a legend. legend And she's the moment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think a lot of people, especially people our age, may not know exactly how things came to be or how it got to this point. And by this point, I mean the imprisonment of our queen, yeah. the conservatorship. There's a lot of background to it. There's a lot of history. I think it's important that people understand how we got here. Yeah, I do not know. We need to know the origin story. Yes. I right. Want, yeah, so, the lore. Britney lore. Britney lore. I need the Britney okay. lore. I grew up on Britney, but I don't know. I don't know about her life. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people know the classics, the hits, Baby One More Time, Oops, I Did It Again, Toxic, but they don't know the woman behind the hits. Exactly. As you can tell, I'm a bit of a fan. Mm -hmm. We're both fans. I'm a bit more Uh, of a fan. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay, before we get into our own personal details, I do want to say that this podcast is going to provide a very, or I hope it will provide a very thorough extremely detailed look into Britney's life. Uh, Today we're going to begin with some family history and the circumstances into which she was born. So this podcast, it's for the Britney fan, such as myself, who just can't get enough. And it's for people who know nothing about her beyond Baby One More Time and Toxic. So sorry for the rambling, but we do want to introduce ourselves. My name is Sophie and I became a Britney fan. Well, this is a it's a bit of a long story, so I was a bit starved for pop culture, a bit locked away <laughs> in a bubble from pop culture, thanks to my parents. So I had no idea who Britney was until 2008, but I, I heard it was either Circus or Womanizer, and or it might have been If You Seek Amy, but it was one of those three, and I just fell in love. Kept listening to the music, but didn't become uh, obsessed with this whole 
conservatorship until COVID happened, mm-hmm. maybe like a couple months before people. COVID. And, you know, I was bored and needed something to do. And now I'm really deep into it. How yeah. about yourself? Well, my name is Corinna and I had the opposite kind of childhood <laughs> from, from Sophie where I grew up on pop culture. I watched a much music video, the TV channel, every morning before school. So I saw a lot of Britney. I remember seeing Toxic for sure. I've been a Britney fan for a while, but not like super hardcore or anything. And just recently with all the stuff about her conservatorship coming up, I am starting to learn more about her. And I care because I love Britney. She's an icon. Of course. Hashtag free Um, Britney. One last question. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite Britney song? Oh. At the moment. Oh, I really like, I really do like If You See Me, but I grew up on Hit Me Baby and of course and Toxic, so those are like the most iconic ones to me. Okay, okay. What about you? Right now, my favorite song of hers has to be Piece of Me, just because oh, everything going that's on. that's a great song. You want a piece of me. I remember that music video, too. Yes. I miss his lifestyles of the rich and famous. I miss his, yes. oh my god, that, that Britney. Yes. Yep. So, mm. you know, I think it's just, it, it's fitting. That's a very It's fitting to the song. moment. That too. So let's talk about Britney pre-birth. And you know what? Wow. People might not be interested <laughs> in this because they're thinking, oh, well, she wasn't even born yet, so why does it matter? Oh no. It matters. Please <laughs> do not make the mistake of ignoring the pre-birth. Mm-hmm. It's very important, okay? Because to understand the conservatorship, we have to understand the people who put her in the conservatorship. Yeah. And some of those people happen to be her family. Her own family. All right. So we got to understand her family. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I have been doing some reading, some light reading. So we have Lynn Spears. That's Brittany's mom. Okay. She wrote a book, which is titled Through the Storm. Now, I don't actually know if she wrote it, but, you know, I mean, she had a ghostwriter, but it's it's her book, Through the Storm, and that was published in 2008, which was the early days of the conservatorship. I read that. I read some other books. Oh, you read the whole book? No, no, no. I'm reading it. Oh, you're reading it. Okay. I'm reading it. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but, you know, I'm taking notes. Mm -hmm. I have also read Inside the Dream, which I believe was written by Steve Dennis. I want to give him credit. It is a very thorough biography. Ah. We have those and a couple other biographies. And all sources will be listed on our website, which you can find in the podcast notes. We are going to start with the dedication. So it reads, quote, To the most precious gifts of my life, my children and grandchildren, I hope this book will be my legacy to you and an inspiration for you to know my true heart through this incredible journey, unquote. Mm. She also writes, this this is the story of one simple Southern woman whose family got caught in a tornado called fame and who is still trying to sort through the debris scattered all over her life in the aftermath. It's who I am, warts and all, (laughs) with some true confessions that took a long time to get up the nerve to discuss. Ooh, juicy. She says she wants her kids to, quote, see her as a person, not just their mother, and share some of the ways I had gotten through my toughest times, end quote. It's a record of their mother's love for them. 
It's written with the hope that when they see more of the real me, they will forgive me for any way I may have failed them, and I will keep trying to forgive myself. So already, we're not even, like, this is the intro, uh, plus the dedication, Mm -hmm. and I'm already getting super guilty vibes. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like she's apologizing for something that she's going to do, slash is already doing. And she feels guilty. That's what it sounds like to me. Oh, for sure. I mean, the part where she says, know my true heart, Mm -hmm. makes me think that she has, like, as a reader, it makes me feel like she has done something super shitty. Yeah. She's like, but you know who I really am. My true heart. My true heart. I mean, it's a bit manipulative. And I know you guys might think that we are reading too much into this, but... But Sophie is important. an English major, and that's her <laughs> job. <laughs> it is. So, I mean, I can't help it, but I also think that this, closely reading this, it could really reveal some, some truths mm-hmm. about the Spears family that we might not otherwise have gotten to. So, the, she uses the word true a lot, you know, mm-hmm. she... She keeps emphasizing that she loves her children. They are gifts to her. Um, yeah. She wants them to forgive her. She, she just needs to have a real emphasis on honesty, truth, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know. Suggests, a bit suggests that she has been lying <laughs> in the past. And, I mean, when she says, I may have failed them. I may have failed them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, and she says she's going to try to keep forgiving herself, keep trying to forgive herself, whatever that means. So obviously she's done, she's already done something. Well, I mean, it's, this whole book is kind of weird. Like the whole entire premise of writing a book and not airing out your dirty laundry per se, because it's not exactly a tell all, Mm. but I mean, think about when this was published, right? Mm -hmm. It's a bit opportunistic. Yeah, yeah. All right, so moving on to chapter two. Uh, This chapter is called Kentwood, and I mean, yeah, it's basically a description of Kentwood, which is where Brittany grew up. Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to get sort of a picture of where Brittany grew up and where her family is from. It'll help you understand some things, I think. So she describes her and her sister as country girls, she says, quote, 12, 13, and 14-year-olds tooling around back roads and even town streets in their daddy's car, end quote, mm-hmm. which was when I realized that she refers to her father and everyone else's fathers as daddy. <laughs> okay. So that, I think, is important. It's an important <laughs> distinction because we say dad or father, but... but I always if you've called been, my dad daddy. But do you call other people's... Like, do you say, Sophie, when's your daddy getting home? No, you don't. No. Because that's strange. But mm, it's also us. a Southern thing. Southern thing. Or maybe it's just a Spears thing. But I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain that, I think it's a at least thing. at the time, it was a Southern thing. Mm-hmm. No, most people would not say that. Most people Brown, wouldn't. Brown but these parts. So people might think it's weird when Brittany refers to her dad as daddy or when Jamie's lawyer, Jamie, that is... Brittany's dad, when Jamie's lawyer refers to Jamie as Brittany's daddy. And yes, it does sound extremely weird. And yes, it 
it might be an attempt at infantilizing Britney, mm. but at the same time, it is sort of the norm. Mm-hmm. So even with grown women, as we can see now, yeah. I we could really explore this whole thing and really <laughs> yeah. get into it, but yeah. we're not going to. So let's just make a, a note of that. So she talks about how she got into a minor car accident uh, where no one was hurt, but her father, quote, stormed and sputtered. Sandra, her sister, was in the doghouse forever, end quote. I mean, why include that? Uh, I don't really yeah. know. Stormed and sputtered. So, and so who is right? Is Brittany wrote this? Or this is her mom's? This is all Lynn. So this book oh, is so all Lynn, from Lynn's point okay, of view. so her mom. So her mom's talking about herself. Yes. Her mom's childhood. Yes. So, oh, so we're going all the way back to her mom. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 I see. Then she writes that her dad was from then on always mm-hmm. worried about her, telling her when she went out to, quote, take care of yourself because I don't want to lose you, end quote. And I believe that he was saying that to her sister, um, not her, so that was my mistake. But it's sort of interesting because this is the beginning of Lynn sort of presenting conflicting images of fathers, you know, presents him as someone who is very angry, mm-hmm. stormed and sputtered in the doghouse forever. And then right away, she presents him as someone who is very caring. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. And she, we sort of will get into that uh, more later on. But it also seems like she's trying to rationalize her father's behavior. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to make a huge deal out of this incident because, I mean, listen, if I got in a car accident, yeah, I mm-hmm. my dad be pissed too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it was my fault, you know. And they'd be worried. And they'd obviously. be worried, of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's interesting given Lynn Spears's relationship with Jamie and what we learn about her later on. Mm. So it, it kind of maybe shows you how or why she acts the way she does towards mm. Jamie. She says, this is kind of funny, she says Kentwood is, quote, not exactly an exotic destination, end quote. So, you know, I mean, by not exactly an exotic destination, she means the super insanely small town. Um, I read population is less than, or was at the time, less than 2,000. Mm-hmm. At the time of Brittany's birth. Oh, so wow. this was even before. I don't know how many people were there, but... Yeah. Not a lot. No. I mean, that's crazy small, right? Mm-hmm. She says, everybody knows everybody for generation and generations, and my daddy's people have been in that area as far back as anyone can remember. <laughs> so they've got a cafe, a jeweler, dollar stores, a sonic drive through and Gaines, who wrote a uh, short biography on Britney, says life is slow-paced, people speak with a drawl, they say ma'am and sir. Um, they do not have a junior high, which would be middle school here in Canada. Uh, so 7 to 12, all those grades attend a single public high school. And that yeah. is how small the town is. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do want to note, despite the fact that they have a few stores and a handful of restaurants, they have several churches. Heidi Hurst, who wrote another biography, says it's, quote, so small that everyone is like family, and quote. It's a small town, an hour north of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, the dairy industry is or was big in Kentwood. I can't tell if it is anymore, but I sort of don't really think so. Mm. Um, and there is no mall. It no is mall. tiny. Yeah, how did Brittany, how did our Brittany survive? I don't know. But. She had it rough. <laughs> Steve Dennis, 
writes that Kentwood is extremely small and I think this is interesting, quote, the sheer determination required to even get noticed by the show business radar, mm-hmm. end quote. When you understand how, truly how in the middle of buttfuck nowhere Kentwood is, mm-hmm. I mean, her ascent into worldwide fame is just, even it's amazing. More, even more impressive, yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. So just to get some nice imagery, it's a, quote, landscape of pastures and woodland, end quote. The average income was $17,000. Now, I don't know how much that is today, mm-hmm. but it's a low-income town. Yeah. yeah, There's a store that sells guns, ammunition, and toys, like children's wow. toys. Wow, okay. <laughs> the, I thought this was really interesting, too, that the residential streets actually aren't named. Like, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. Queen Street, but rather letters of the alphabet. Ah, because that's so small. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and if you happen to visit Kenwood, you will not see a single two-story house. It is, quote, Damn. dilapidated and neglected, end quote. Just the way that people carry themselves is from another era. They're stuck in the last century, I guess. Dennis also writes, quote, The projected image is that of a clean-living, God-fearing, conservative church town, which upholds the strictest Christian values. Look at Brittany. Note the word <laughs> projected. Hmm. So, back to Through the Storm. We're gonna hear some of Brittany's family history. Lynn's mother's side. Brittany's great-grandfather is from Malta, which is a seven-island nation in the Mediterranean Sea. He, the great-grandfather, moved to England in the 1920s and married a British girl. And they had two daughters, Joan and Lillian. Um, And Lillian is Brittany's grandmother. Lillian grew up in London, and Brittany's grandfather, or Lynn's father, was in the U.S. Army and was serving overseas in England during the Second World War. And they met at a dance in London. So Kentwood was so small that a, quote, local paper ran a photo of my mother, end quote. So someone bringing home a foreign (sighs) beauty... That's what wow. Lynn refers to, uh, to her as, was news. A British person is a foreign beauty. I suppose. And it makes the news. Anyway, Lynn's father, whose name was Barney Bridges, owned hundreds of acres in Louisiana. But I guess what Lillian did not know was that owning land in Louisiana is not the same as owning land in England. Owning oh. land in Louisiana doesn't make you rich. Oh. You know, like, you can still be dirt poor. Whereas I get the impression that in England, if you own land at the time, hmm. you were probably right. pretty well-to-do. Yeah, yeah. Lillian was a city girl. She had lots of adjusting to do. She cried every night, quote, oh. stuck in the sticks, end quote, but she made it. So she is sad that she's living in rural Louisiana. Louisiana. She misses, she's yes. a city girl. She and Lynn really city. emphasizes the fact that she stuck it out. Hmm. Right? And Steve Dennis notes that it was important to Lynn that you stick through marriage no matter what. However, Lillian also wanted Lynn to understand that unlike her mother, she had a chance to leave Kentwood. 
quote, Lynn always knew there was a big wide world out there beyond Kentwood. It was the English blood in her. She wanted to be like her mama, a true lady, end quote. And a lifelong family friend sort of, you know, talked to Steve Dennis about Lynn and that's what he said about her. And Lillian's sister, Joan, said, quote, Barney was a domineering man who wouldn't allow his wife to return to Britain because of the fear she might never return, end quote. So the story we get from Lynn is that Barney and Lillian were so in love that Lillian just, you know, stuck it out. Mm -hmm. But the story we get from Joan, Lillian's sister, is that Barney wouldn't allow, he wouldn't give his wife permission to leave. And that is the reason why she never left. Because he knew that she wouldn't come back if she left. Or she might not come back. I I mean, we'll never know. But obviously people can deviate from what their parents have taught them or what they have seen their parents do. But at the same time, I think Lynn is an example of someone who has carried over habits and attitudes from Mm -hmm. her that she learned in her childhood. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. she's carried those over into her adulthood and her marriage with Jamie Spears. And I also think it shows a habit of being willfully or I'm not sure, ignorant to the Mm -hmm. actions of abusive men, Mm -hmm. right? And sort of downplaying what is happening, what is truly happening, you know? Yeah, so it started from a young age. I definitely think it started from a young age. Mm -hmm. Going back to Lillian, Kentwood had, quote, failed to match her dreams, end quote, which is sad. Mm -hmm. And Dennis remarks that she definitely instilled this idea in Lynn, that Kentwood was... That Kentwood sucks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, exactly. She yeah. she wanted Lynn to understand that Kentwood was not at all the be-all, end-all. So back to Through the Storm, Lynn talks about how she visits London and she sees why her mom missed it because it's a hell of a lot better than Kentwood. Mm-hmm. She was raised on a dairy farm. And, you know, as I said, dairy was mm-hmm. sort of in big in Kentwood, whatever that means. But they were still poor. Uh, yes, they were still poor. Yeah, I mean, she, I think, was a horse girl (laughs) okay she writes that quote mama was the heartbeat to our home end quote lynn ended up getting her bachelor's degree in education from a community college later renamed southeastern louisiana university they went to methodist church every sunday this is also important, she writes that her parents taught her that, quote, when you're a family, you stick together as a family, no matter what. That mm-hmm. foundational truth of my life would be rocked to the core in the years ahead, end quote. Ooh. Yeah, yeah that kind of mindset can be pretty bad. Oh, for sure. That family is everything mindset if your family, not everyone's If your family, family is, is shit. Exactly. If yeah. your dad is Jamie Spears. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so now we get to the juicy stuff in chapter three uh of through the storm called good looking southern man oh okay so i guess lynn thinks that jamie was (laughs) i love you (laughs) so they got married at 20 which was according to lynn uh totally normal at the time and you know what i kind of believe that time and place and she notes that he had been married before Mm. in a quote brief union that was over almost before it began end quote and you know she says that Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter to her it was quote clearly a mistake well this is the real thing oh no oh no (laughs) 
<laughs> so, now, this is where it gets sort of interesting because Dennis writes in Inside the Dream <laughs> that Jamie was married to a woman named Deborah Sanders, not for a brief union, but mm-hmm. for three years. Mm. Is that brief? No, certainly not brief. <laughs> and apparently, Jamie, quote, inexplicably left her according to legal papers served by Deborah, end quote. Oh. I guess he just up and left? Yeah, she. I mean, he didn't tell her. We don't have the full story, but I mm-hmm. guess, you know, he just got up and left. And then when she, you know, served him with divorce papers, he mm-hmm. did not want the divorce. What the heck? He wanted to... I have no idea. Um, But you know what? They obviously ended up getting divorced. Uh And uh, guess how long after he married Lynn? Guess how long? How many days did he wait after their divorce? How many days? How many days did he wait after their divorce to marry Lynn? I don't know. 15. Oh my god. That's like two weeks. 15. You know, Dennis has sort of done, looked at the timelines, and he is convinced that Jamie Spears and Mm. Lynn met, dated, and married within the space of two weeks. Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. Now, was that normal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, no. That's like my parents. Two weeks. <laughs> no. Not two weeks, no. And not, not 15 days after a divorce. That's crazy. So, back to Through the Storm, Lynn says that Jamie was a, quote, local boy who was always around, a quintessential small-town jock hero, good-looking and popular, and he could have had his pick of girls in Kentwood, end quote. Ooh. A childhood friend of Jamie's, going back to in, Inside the Dream for a quick second, says, quote, he should have made the big time, mm. end quote. So, you know, I guess he was really good at basketball yeah. and football. He was a jock. He was popular. His friends think he should have made the big time, but, I mean, it's Kentwood. <laughs> yeah. However, we say this but, knowing that Miss Brittany was also from did Kentwood. She did. And she, she made, the, made big time. the big time. Not just the big time, but the biggest time. The biggest time. So, it's hard to say. So, Lynn says that, you know, he was so good in high school. Apparently, people used to come from everywhere, all over, just to watch him play. Oh, I don't know wow. how much she's uh, <laughs> playing this up, but. Mm-hmm. She says he was fun. Her parents did not like him. She seems to have some sort of regret she writes quote what did they see from the vantage point of being long married mature parents that i could not for the life of me see end quote red flag oh yeah big red flag apparently he was open friendly he had a really good work ethic Uh uh-huh um (laughs) and then something really interesting she calls herself quote compliant and obedient end quote oh great Uh uh-huh That's Apparently, compliant and obedient up to a certain point because yeah. we, as yeah. we'll see later, like she definitely rebels. She had enough. Jamie was a welder. Okay. And here comes the, you know, the rebellious the side okay. of Lynn. <laughs> so they eloped. Oh. Okay. They eloped. And as we know, this was within Yikes. two weeks of. 
knowing each other. So that is extremely rebellious. And you know what this reminds me of? What? It reminds me of Britney's marriage to Jason Alexander. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I don't know anything about her, her marriage to that man, but... Well, it was that can't extremely, be a good thing. <laughs> extremely brief, mm. and, you know, they got married in Vegas. They eloped, I guess you could say. We'll get into that in later episodes, but I think that maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree in regard to things like this, right? yeah. yeah. There's a bit of hypocrisy, maybe. Maybe I'm calling it a little bit of hypocrisy. <laughs> anyway, Lynn was pregnant with Brian almost immediately after they got married. So uh, they then lived in Florida. Jamie, while she was pregnant, apparently waited on her hand and foot. Oh. And well, nice. uh, he went to the store whenever she wanted to get whatever she wanted. She says, quote, you could not ask for a more doting husband, end quote. All right. Brian actually almost died as a newborn from an infection. Oh, and Brian. Brian, yes. So that's their first child. It's, Brian it's is Brian. their first child. Yeah, he was the one who was uh, who she was pregnant with right after they yeah, got yeah. married. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, he almost died, and, you know, Lynn insists that God saved him. Right. Okay. So, yes, very religious again. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no idea what is up with this, and it's just such a strange thing that she included mm-hmm. she got in a car accident and hit a boy mm-hmm. while it was raining oh my god and he he died oh my god oh. yes oh my god according to an article by raider online this tragedy happened in 1975 so that was two years before brian was born He was 12 years old. His name was Anthony Winters. She was never charged for it, and she also never reached out to the family, according to Anthony's mother. Sources say she's, quote, haunted by the tragedy and doesn't like to talk about it, end quote, which I think explains why she didn't really spend too much time discussing it in Through the Storm. Then, you know, she starts talking about how she she couldn't understand why god let her keep brian but didn't allow that boy to live oh damn the spears the spears parents tend to get themselves into situations that's you could say that are like super fucked yeah geez that is fucked and the more you learn about them the more you will find yourself asking why the fuck is Jamie Spears in charge mm. of his 39-year-old daughter? Yeah. I don't know. I think that was sort of her explanation for why she is so close with Brian. She says that she bonded with him even more than what may be seen as normal in the next chapter called Wrecking Balls. She... <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay. Wrecking balls. She says that she didn't notice Jamie's alcoholism, quote, until it hit me square between the eyes, end quote. So she said that his drinking problems started after Brian was born. She told herself that he would grow out of it. It would stop. She sort of explains that it was different back in those days. They, people didn't, according to her, they didn't think of rehab to uh, as a solution to these yeah. issues, right? It was more they will mature. All you need to do is talk to your pastor. It'll fix them right up, right? 
when Lynn was 22, her father Barney was crushed by a truck rolling over on him. Oh my god. Yes. When she was two. When she was 22. 22! Oh. So our age. Horrible. Yeah. Wow. She's had a rough life. Obviously, that's extremely traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Jamie, however, became even worse after this. Oh my god. She talks about how Brian's birthday party, I believe it was his first birthday. Brittany wasn't around yet. His birthday was right after this, and they wanted the party to still happen, and they wanted it to happen at Lynn's parents' house. I guess as, like, a distraction. That's interesting. I mean, it's a choice, but, you know, I I don't want to judge how... Yeah, 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 yeah. How they were grieving. Yeah. Jamie was extremely judgmental, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he insisted on Brian's party being at his parents' house. And I guess they got into this, like, huge fight over it, and he disappeared oh. for a week on a bender. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. So, Lynn... Yeah. He just left oh. her for a week. And Lynn writes that, quote, Jamie had a way of creating drama at the very worst times. Yeah, wow. End quote. And this is really sad, actually. And mm. I think it, it sort of speaks to the level of trauma that all the Spears children endured mm-hmm. at the hands of their father. Yeah. Quote, try explaining where daddy is when it's time to open presents and he's nowhere to be found. And watch the excitement and joy of Christmas fade from the eyes of the one you love. Aww. End quote. That is really sad. It is. And... I feel for her. Mm -hmm. Despite her many faults, I can still feel for her. It's horrible. And it gets worse, don't worry. The, quote, unraveling of our family began in earnest, end quote. But, you know, I guess she sort of persevered. She went back to school because she hadn't finished her degree yet. She had only started it. And this is very abusive. Jamie was, quote, actively working against me in some ways, undermining my confidence at every turn and making me feel and sometimes believe that I wasn't smart enough to hold a bachelor's degree, end quote. Oh my god. No, that is abusive. And that sounds very familiar. It sounds very familiar. Questioning Doesn't someone's, it. especially a woman's intelligence, trying mm-hmm. to convince them that they're not that, smart enough. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. And... Apparently, he said to her, quote, you're too stupid to graduate. How come they don't know that down at the school? Wow. His words crushed my spirit, end quote. Oh, that's horrible. It is horrible. And like I said, the more you learn about Jamie Spears, the more you keep asking yourself, just how? And you know what? Like I said, I want to be sympathetic to Lynn. Yeah. But how could she let this man take over her daughter's life? Yeah. At a certain point, as a mother, you have Mm. to step up. It's your responsibility. You call yourself a loving mother, yet you couldn't stand up to Jamie ruining your daughter's life. Mm -hmm. Okay. She talks about her sister, her sister Sandra, who she was extremely close with. And the only time her and Sandra got in a fight was when she wouldn't leave Jamie. And she writes, quote, I didn't believe in divorce. I still Mm. don't. It bothers me when I see people, especially those with children, just throw away their marriages and not look back or have no remorse whatsoever, end quote. So she's kind of thinking, if she loves him and sticks by him, everything will be okay. Right. Right? You know, 
maybe suddenly he'll transform into the perfect husband, clean up his act. And you know what? He does do that. Every time she thinks about leaving him, every time Uh, she thinks, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna leave him. Yeah. She says he transforms, right? It's like Jekyll and Hyde. Right. That's manipulative behavior. Oh, (laughs) textbook. She says, quote, I had to make it work somehow, end quote. When Brian was four, Lynn says in Through the Storm that she ended it. Like, she filed for divorce. All right. Good for her. But then, Uh Jamie's dad and his stepmom convinced her to change her mind. Oh my god. Now, Lynn doesn't really explain this in detail, but Mm -hmm. good thing we have Steve Dennis's Inside the Dream, because he did some digging, and he found that Lynn filed for divorce on grounds of adultery. Jamie cheated on her in their home, they had a trailer home, on Christmas Day. Oh, oh no. Yep. Jamie. According to these documents, he went to a local bar called Baby Tate's Bar. (laughs) He was seen with a local woman, hugging her, kissing her, fondling her. Oh, great. And then he went to their trailer and committed adultery. According to a family friend of the Spears family, quote, Miss Lynn is mighty proud. Image and reputation matter. End quote. Right. So, you know, I can kind of see why she didn't include this in the book. So you have to understand and you sort of have to be aware of the fact that while reading Through the Storm, that this is Lynn Spears' book. Mm -hmm. She gets to It is from her perspective, exactly. And not include what she doesn't want, right? According to these, uh, the divorce filings, Lynn was scared Jamie would trash her trailer when he found out. Oh. Quote, she fears the defendant will become angry when served with these papers that he will harass and or physically harm her, especially if he has been drinking alcoholic beverages as he has done in the past. Oh, no. End quote. Does that mean that he was physically abusing her? Or that he has hmm. physically assaulted her in sounds the past? Like I think it sounds like yeah. it. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, poor Lynn. Yeah, no, that's really, really rough. And to be in the... To have grown up in the culture that she had grown up in, mm-hmm. and to have been instilled with that attitude that you have to stick by your man's side no matter yeah. what. Family, it's just so damaging. Yeah, it is. She even sought a temporary restraining order. She was extremely desperate to leave Jamie. Wow. She was trying to do everything that she could to leave him. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, she didn't for quite some time after this incident. <laughs> so back to Through the Storm. Lynn says Jamie, quote, rededicated himself to God, end quote. So Jamie's construction business apparently really took off. And then they built a health spa together. I just want to note that Steve Dennis clarifies that they opened the spa, and I'm going to use the word spa very lightly because it it was actually a large barn with like a sort of metal attachment, and it was called Total Fitness by Jamie. It was more of a gym. They took out $50,000 alone, obviously, uh, to build it. It had gym machinery and a hot tub and a steam room. It was $300 a month to go there, and it had 120 members at one time. So it actually wasn't doing that bad. But back to what Dennis was saying about the spa. 
Jamie thought that being a boilermaker and going away for work all the time was at the root cause of their problems. It's like, no, Jamie, you're the root <laughs> yeah, cause of the seriously. problems. <laughs> Take responsibility. Yeah. And through the storm, Lynn says that they were seen as the, quote, Barbie and Ken of Kentwood, end quote. Um, Barbie and Ken do not have that. Don't do Barbie and Ken like that. Yeah. And it was apparently time for another baby, quote, after about a year of living peaceably together, end quote. All right, then. And <laughs> who was that baby? Was it Miss Brittany? It was. So she was super happy to be pregnant with Brittany, and Brittany Jean Spears was born December 2nd, 1981, after 21 hours of labor. This is four years after Brian. So there's a four-year age difference between her and Brian, Mm -hmm. and Brittany was actually born in Macomb, Mississippi, which is, uh, that's where the nearest full-service hospital is. Oh, all right. That is... December 2nd, so she's a Sagittarius. Yes, she's a Sagittarius, and, you know, she, as she has said, I'm a Sagittarius, so I am very keen on freedom. Aw, yeah, that's true. It is. Sagittarius need to be free. In, inside the dream, we find out that they bought Brittany's childhood home after reconciliation, so that would be the bungalow that you would see if you Google searched Brittany Spears' childhood home, Mm -hmm. and she was, according to Steve... Born to save their marriage. Wow. That's a lot of pressure to put on a little baby. That's a lot of responsibility for a newborn infant. You know what? I think that this whole born to save their marriage transformed into a born to save our family. Financially. Financially. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. And it's never ending, right? Yeah. After Brittany was born, Jamie started drinking again. And that... Is what I have for episode one. Cliffhanger. Do you have any questions? Any comments? Well, I think that covered her family history pretty well and where the patterns of abuse originated. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anything about, like, Jamie, how Jamie behaved toward his his wife. But it's not surprising when you think about it. No, it's not surprising at all. You know, there's tons of things that Jamie has done over the years, including physically assaulting his grandson, for which K-Fed was, uh, that is Brittany's son's father, right. um, for which K-Fed was granted a restraining order. Right. So, like, he's dangerous. Yes, he's he has done so many things. Or we And he has We don't control. even know. We don't even know the things that he could have been doing over the years mm-hmm. to Brittany. Oh, emphasis on could have. We are not making any accusations. No, no. This is pure speculation. But clearly he's capable of these things. According to Lynn Spears, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's done so much shit and he's put them through so- he's put them through hell. hmm When do you draw the line? Yeah. No. No, you can still be a victim and, and do- make mistakes yourself. Yeah. For sure. I do definitely feel bad for her after hearing that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I think she's sort of a product of her circumstances, unfortunately. Well, I guess we've reached the end of our very first episode. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble on and on about (laughs) the origin story of Britney Spears. 
or I guess even the pre-origin story, I mean... The prequel. The, the prequel, the yeah. The war. But it's important. Sure is. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Awakening. That's S-P-E-A-R-I-T-U-A-L. And check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.